Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. is out there in here who knows but either way we are opening up the bloom files here on post show recaps and x files first watch slash rewatch podcast hello everybody mike bloom here and we've done it we have reached the end of the road in the first run of the x files as we are talking about the last two episodes and who golly what a two episodes they were i'm of course joined by the prosecutor to my defense attorney <laughs> no. in this wild trial. No. Angela Bloom, attorney at law. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Is that about future aspirations for you? Yeah, maybe. I, I, my I my parents I... did always tell me I would make a good lawyer, which I was always really offended by. Why? Because it was like after I would say something like incredibly sassy or like incredibly bossy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the assumption is that you to be a lawyer you have to like have you know a witty repartee you know that no, feels like something think, only typical of tv lawyers and i think i would also like i argumentative maybe mm. is perhaps the negative terminology used about me as a young child yeah well the interesting thing though was that was pre-internet so now like you don't even need to be a lawyer you could just go on online if you want to argue with somebody well, I didn't want to argue. Mm-hmm. We're arguing right now, but I don't want to argue. I don't think we're arguing. We're squabbling. No, don't quote Bluey. <laughs> it can't be an episode of The Bloom Files without me quoting Bluey. Yeah, The Bluey Bloom Files, if it were. Oh, I wish. Let's do a rewatch of Bluey. <laughs> I mean, that would be much easier compared to the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Their seven-minute episode. <laughs> the Bloom Hi, Files. this is great. Bye. Yeah, with the B- <laughs> B-L-U-E-M files. Uh-huh, exactly. All right, so let's talk about Sunshine Day's and uh, probably more importantly, I think the main spotlight goes to the two-part finale of The X-Files. The truth! The truth. I mean, you prepared me. I did, and you were I, not I, prepared. I did not think I was prepared. It's not good. I mean, I wasn't prepared for essentially like Nothing three quarters happening. of the Seinfeld finale and then like one quarter of weird CGI madness. Yeah, it's it's very much so nothing happened today. Like, <laughs> yeah, nothing important happened today. Yeah, that should have been the title of the finale. Um, but what did you think about these two uh, episodes, this one being the penultimate and yeah. then the finale? <laughs> it's tough because, like, 
I like how I he, liked the episode too. I like the episode. I really like the episode. Like I liked how Sunshine Days. That is, yeah, Sunshine Days. I liked how it was evocative of you know a lot of stuff we did like about the X Files, especially in those earlier seasons, right? Or even something yeah. like you know Clyde Bruckman or like was the Goldberg variation, right? The whole yeah, a little bit more thing. spooky, a little bit more like supernatural, yeah, a little creepy, but like kind of funny, weird yes. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that but I don't know how I feel about it as the penultimate episode of the show. No, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I guess when they, when things were going on, they, when things were going on, when things were going they, on, they were trying to, you know, have like a, a very typical, not mythology episode mm-hmm. to kind of like, this will be the last, you know, monster of the week episode. And then the finale will be the last uh, arc episode. And that'll be that. And it's like, okay, um, maybe something a little bit more tied to the series. Like- That's the thing. It's like, especially when you had that really like three strikes and you're out of killing off the lone gunman. Yes. You know, adopting off William and then revealing the truth behind dog yeah. and son. Yeah. I can understand why some levity might be necessary mm-hmm. going into the finale to sort of cleanse everyone's palates. But I don't know. At the same time, this just feels a bit of a swig in the complete opposite direction. Not to yeah. say again that like, in Not a, vac- a swing and a miss. Like, a vacuum, I like it. Again, I really love the episode, but, like, I don't know how I would feel in the moment as yeah. the penultimate episode of The X-Files in general. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's definitely something a little bit more could have been further up in the, the season, maybe. Well, let's talk about Sunshine Days. In general... Sunshine Days. Yeah, were you... So I know that you and I have watched the Brady Bunch movie. We talked about, like, a very Brady <laughs> sequel as well. Like, Ugh, those are the best. Those but are No, very... I was never a fan of the actual Brady show. Really? No, I'm not a big Happy Days, Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> You've talked about three. Those are three very different sitcoms, no, but they're, by the way. No, but they're the same, like, vibe. They're the same sort of, like, uh, era. Sort of. Like, same sort of, like, that time period. I guess so. Mm, well, no, Gilligan's Island was more so the 60s, and Brady Bunch was the 70s. 60s, 70s. We're, we're not talking, like, 90s sitcoms here, you no. know? So I feel like, for me, those sitcoms of that era were not my, uh, I guess, cup of tea, I'm also not a big fan of, and this is going to probably offend a lot of people, but things like the Looney Tunes, things like... But like that has nothing to do with this. No, I think it does, though, because I think it's all that sort of same comedic like setup and then punchline, setup and then punchline. It's like that's the whole thing. That's that is all of these things. I don't know. I don't know if I define the Brady Bunch as it's like I don't know if it the same sphere. As, I mean, it's super cheesy, but yeah, everything in that realm is. I that's just how I feel. I mean, get over it, bum. I ironic. I unironically love the Brady Bunch. I'm sure. <laughs> I used to watch it all the time on Nick and Night. I used to watch Pop Up Brady, which is when they would air the show on TV Land. And yeah, like, like I couldn't get on board with the Partridge Family either. Yeah, the Partridge. No, the Partridge Family. They were too. Oh God, there was those were. They're frick, <laughs> they were freaking losers. Oh my God. Compared to the Brady Bunch. Oh my God, Brady Bunch were so cool compared to the freaking Partridge. No, family. No, I just I can't. It's Anybody just too, you can fall up a cliff. I need a little bit more. A little more chew in my television. No, I want no chew or Jew. And none were found. <laughs> none, none to be none found. To be found. They were Searched good, far and wide good there. Good non-denominational family. <laughs> yeah. It was also magnified for me by what I would very much co-sound like very excellent parody films. A, a very Brady movie and a very Brady sequel. Oh, those I am all on board with. And I don't think that I can say that I would watch the Brady Bunch television show, even though I love those movies Mm -hmm. because they're just, they're like poking fun at something. Right. They're poking fun at how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like how wholesome it is. Yeah. 
And I think that's also the purpose behind this episode, right? It's yeah. this idea no, of it's true. Americana and how it is used in a bastardized, scandalized way for murder. <laughs> for murder. You know, for murder. <laughs> I also think it has a little bit to do with also uh, this guy, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but him um, having a little bit of like a nostalgia for something and that idea of nostalgia being a safe place and all of that sort I mean, of stuff. I mean, very relatable nowadays, right? Uh, also, I guess what it, are we doing right now? Yeah, I mean, if it was made <laughs> nowadays, would it be like, I don't know, Third Rock from the Sun? Would it be where they friends? Set the place? Friends. Yeah, I'm always more of a Third Rock from the Sun person. They're again not the same. But French Stewart was. I love Third Rock back from in the, the Sun. Day, but he was hysterical. It was a different kind of. I mean, those were like aliens, and it was. Yeah, <laughs> you know. that was more X Files. Yeah. Think, than Friends. <laughs> I don't think Friends was Maybe the that's same. The next one we'll do is the Third Rock from the Sun rewind. <laughs> not sure how far we got. Little with little JGL. Yeah, it's good. It's just uh, gets old pretty quickly. Yeah, we call it the Big Giant Head Podcast. <laughs> Oh my god. What's the name of like the alien overlord? Yes. Like, a message yes. from the big giant head. Wow. Tangent. I mean, again, this is uh, where the finale has brought us to, but let's talk about Sunshine Days. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is also a prototypical X Files cold open, right? Of like yes. two jamokes sitting outside being like, oh, I can't believe it would be a day to go inside that house. This happened in early X Files, too, where yeah, they were the like, thing. In again, the... it's like prototypical. In the desert, and the guys were like, yeah, and then we're just. Yeah, like... we're chasing UFOs. Yeah, exactly. But. No, they um they go in and he the guy's like, oh, this is where the Brady Bunch was filmed, and they're <laughs> like, no, we're in the, it's in the middle of nowhere, and then they look inside the house, and indeed, yeah, the entire interior is made up of it. So I'm sure you have production details as to um I have uh, some. So I mean, did they have to recreate the entire set? They of- recreated the entire set because according to Jillian Anderson, the actual set of the Brady Bunch was dismantled a long time ago. I mean, understandably so. I don't so, think that thing is like put in amber or anything. No, but there are sets that exist today that you can go visit on like Hollywood lots and stuff and like you know that it depends on how what it is and but yeah. older stuff typically no right I feel like they only started doing that in like the 2000s maybe. yeah like you can go see the Gilmore Girl set or whatever and then yeah. there's the the row of like externals that you can go walk through and all yeah. that but no they had to reassemble it um and then you know so that was like a big deal and she said people came from all over just to like take pictures like they made a ton of money just to like for tourists because, because tourists they were... recreated the set for the show yeah and people were like oh i love the brady bunch i, I mean wanna... it's incredibly yeah. well done like if you had the opportunity wouldn't you want to just go like take a picture yeah down to like the weird non-connected stairs yeah you know, the horse statue all of that oh the horse statue a pivotal part of a very brady sequel the real amazing Ma- real mcguffin of it it's uh, the best but basically one of these jamokes essentially gets like uh, he that what catches his eye is him seeing shining style like mm-hmm. two facsimiles of I guess what are supposed to be Cindy and Bobby. Yeah, and then yeah. before we know it, like external shot, he gets thrown through the roof and mm-hmm. lands on the car. Yeah, he gets thrown up, and uh, I guess at that point also the isn't that when the football comes down the stairs? Or yeah, is so that, that's yeah. what draws him upstairs. It's like the mm-hmm. football just ominously bounces down the stairs. The football, and then the other kids like, hey. Wasn't there that episode where Marsha gets hit in the face with the football? That's the other thing is that I do. No, feel my like, nose. Yeah, that's. I do feel like they kind of had to unfortunately write themselves into corners. Yeah. Like if you don't get the reference, you have to describe it. Yes. Just so everyone's on the same page. Yeah, but I think I mean even somebody who's not like I didn't watch the Brady Bunch a ton. Like I know what the Brady Bunch is. Well, you know, and you know the, the pastiches, right? You yeah, know that yeah. Broke my nose. You know Davy Jones. Yeah, exactly. And the rest. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. So Doggett and Reyes are naturally called in to investigate the murder at the crime scene, but the bigger to do. And to say, 
literally <laughs> screamed when I saw Michael Emerson. Oh my god! Yeah, I forgot he was in this. So my B. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> didn't was, prep you. It was good though, because I because to me he was just like um. Uh, unassuming white male yeah i like, want, I, want, I like the surprise though um, yeah I you were, we were like oh my god i thought we were done with ben. Austin. it's ben it's michael emerson i mean this is also only not a, too far off. no he starts appearing on lost in 2005 and this is i'm assuming in like spring 2002 so he's only a few years away although he, i will say he looks a much younger here than he does in lost well also when he comes on to lost initially he's supposed to play like someone who spends a good amount yeah. of it imprisoned in the hatch. So yeah. like, uh, he definitely is made up to be a bit more bug-eyed. Yes, that time. yes, yes. True. So yeah. So Michael Emerson, what's his character's name? Oliver. So his character's name is Oliver initially, and then they oh, find right. his, out his, his name yeah, his... is what is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's like Anthony works yeah. in a grocery store, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. But um... he's not moving out anytime <laughs> soon because <laughs> as they walk inside, You're they so see stupid. <laughs> But yes, his name is Anthony. <laughs> Thank you for writing the iTunes reviews ahead of time, by the way, for me. I'm just so dumb. You're, he's a dumb, stupid idiot. What dumb, dumb? <laughs> Who talks for way too long about the Brady Bunch? Uh, so yeah, so it turns out like what's going on here. You know, the interior obviously looks a lot different than the way that we saw it. Yeah. So the interior is basically just a rundown house, like a middle middle America house. Mm-hmm. And so they, I guess, leave, right? Because they're like, all right, I guess nothing to, to Well, yeah, because the kid, basically the kid, uh, the guy lands on the roof um, and his friend finds him. And then his friend is basically like trying to tell the police what happened. And yeah. they're like, this, this is what happened. It was the Brady Bunch house. I swear there, you know, that's, he came from that house. He came through the roof. He, that's how it happened. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're nuts. Um, and so, you know, they, and this is they, meaning Monica and and dog it right for oh, I thought you said Monica and Chandler for a second. I still have friends. Um, no, uh, Reyes, Monica Reyes and John Doggett. <laughs> um, they basically are, are called in to investigate this because it's like a suspicious quote unquote. Um, and they speak to Michael Emerson and, and you know, but it doesn't look, yeah, like you said, doesn't look anything like what we just saw. And, um, you know, they they leave, but before they leave, um, Doggett basically checks the trash can and finds asphalt shingles in right. there to imply that hey, there was a hole in the roof, and they you keep to... saying roof like rough, and I don't know if you're doing it intentionally. I, of course, I'm doing oh, it intentionally. Okay. <laughs> I know that you are always on eggshells with me ever since the whole museum museum fiasco. <laughs> no, I I'm used to it now, but with with I say rough. No, little. you say roof. Well, I'm saying roof, but like if I say it quickly, I'll go rough. Well, it's all, I do it because of one of our one of my favorite. But lines I don't from, say rough from the Santa Claus. <laughs> I'll go like where roof. Tim roof. Allen and exasperated Scott Calvin goes, "What happens if I fall off the roof?" <laughs> yeah, you just keep saying it without explaining it, though. People are gonna think you say roof weird. Oh, I do like this episode. See, there's a movie called The Santa Claus. Yes, correct. Remember this that is... time in the Santa Claus with the montage of them getting outfitted with gear. And Charlie does the wrong arms when they're marching down the hallway. God, we love that movie so we, much. We quote that movie a supernatural <laughs> amount of times. Um, so yeah, fall off the rough. The other Jamoke uh, ends up getting his due here. Like he ends up, you know, pouring yeah. one out for his buddy later that night. And then he looks into the house yeah. and is like, his oh. name is Mike, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> what was the other guy's name? Blake. <laughs> <laughs> why he scoffed at the name I don't Blake. know it's a fine name I don't think I've ever met a Blake before I know a Blake he's quite nice yeah yeah okay he's a history professor interesting married to a friend of mine's sister huh. they've walked every national park 
look at you, Blake. <laughs> but this Blake won't be walking anymore. Yeah. Because he's dead. Yes. Uh, so in this case, Mike sees the family, uh, like the Brady Bunch family sitting down for dinner. Yes. He, Super he, Yeah, because he's like, no, there's this house is, there's something going up. So yeah, he sees them all at the dinner table. Which and is so like he goes wild. outside to be like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And it's gone again. But now he's floating. Mm-hmm. And now we see what is assumingly the cause of Blake's death as well. He gets yeah. shot straight up through the roof. Yeah. And basically, I'm now I understand the Looney Tunes comparison you're making, though I don't think you meant it that way before. I didn't, but it's it's apt. Yeah, well, I think that's pr- that's what Doug and Reyes are talking about, right? And I think that's uh, a really actually fun runner throughout the script here is the A to B to C of yeah. it all, right? Like, I love how they bring that back, but that's how Doggett sort of implies. I mean, he is initially, again, he's the, the molder in this case of yeah. being like, okay, clearly these shingles mean that he was, you know, thrown through the roof. And Reyes is like, that is physically impossible. Yeah, she's like, you, you know, you can't just jump from A to D. You need to find how you got there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just say it and we'll all believe you. Well, luckily, here comes Scully here with a bit of a deus ex machina. Yeah. As she's able to show them footage done from a study with an eight-year-old boy who seemed to possess some form of telekinesis, right? Psychokinesis, but that's fine. What's cyberkinesis? Psychokinesis. Psychokinesis. Because telekinesis is only when you can move things with your mind. Psychokinesis is when you can create things with your mind, like create. Oh, interesting. Like, but does psychokinesis include telekinesis? In I'm, it? I don't know. Maybe. So maybe it's just he just has kinesis in general. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so basically this is an old X-File and Scully's like, this guy, Anthony Fogelman, changed his name to Oliver Martin. And so she meets with the doctor they're gonna meet with the doctor who's yeah, what's, a parent what's the doctor's name because he plays a much larger Dr. role john reitz <laughs> well that's a, actually a very fun name yeah that's actually like he should be i don't know some sort of i love this guy he was Dr. great john reitz i love just a a character who is what he is he's a psycho uh, para- <laughs> no no he's a para- parapsychologist mm-hmm. his whole vibe is just investigating the paranormal and how it relates to the mind and he's a nice guy yeah I, I was very surprised that he ended up becoming a fairly pivotal role in the episode. Yeah, I, I and also, like, not nefarious in any way, because I no. feel like there's this idea that, like, oh, if he was with a young boy, like, maybe he was abusing well, yeah, him. Exactly. Or, we saw what oh. happened in the last episode. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's always that, like, Law & Order SVU element when it comes to this stuff. But I'm glad that that wasn't the case. Yeah, so the X-Files that they're talking about, right, is that, like, back in the 70s, when the Brady Bunch was mm-hmm. most popular, there were a series of, like, unexplained poltergeist incidents yeah that we're assuming oliver was behind actually yeah so he starts uh, basically john reitz is like working with this kid anthony we'll call him now Mm -hmm. um long time and they're like becoming bffs and then you know he's like helping discover sort of what his powers are basically yeah but then he ends up leaving him Right, and that creates. Yeah, he just a, he he ends his study and like yeah, he, but, but he doesn't realize a, a sense of abandonment in Anthony that caused him to recede further into his French vanilla fantasy of the Brady Bunch. Well, good. and the reason he picks the Brady Bunch is because that what they uh, that's what they watch together. Yeah, he was like a surrogate dad to him, and I don't think that Doctor Reitz knew that. Right, so, he just thought of him as like a patient. So we see, you know, that they use Reitz as kind of bait in a way, right? That like we see that Anthony is painting his house. Clearly he had to do this like every single time yeah. one of these guys went through the roof. And so basically like he's trying to convince him to like, 
like come to his senses. Well, also we, we should note that his he named himself Oliver from cousin Oliver in the Brady Bunch. Yes, uh, where they and this is where again they have a little bit of an expo dump of like who is cousin Oliver. They talk about how Oliver was known as the choice. No, the Jinx. Oh, the Jinx. Why did I put the choice? In I there? don't know, but that's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> I was like, why did they call him the choice? <laughs> no, he was the Jinx. He was like kind of a like a um, everyone. Nobody wanted him around. Like he was a bummer. I mean, neither did the fans either. I know they brought him in because they're like, oh, we need a cute kid because yeah. Bobby has aged out, but still. But yeah, so basically they're they're deducing that Oliver or Anthony or whatever feels like he's the jinx. And I, I think it's worth noting here that Dr. Reitz also says that as he got older, his powers disappeared. Yes. And then they came back, obviously, when he was abandoned. So everyone is like, okay, uh, I don't know about this. Scully is the most on board mm-hmm. um, because she essentially is doing this for Mulder in a manner of speaking. That yes. This was something that he investigated and she wanted to kind of close it on, on his behalf. Yeah, I don't. I felt like this was phoned in a little bit. <laughs> it felt like a little bit of like, okay, we need to give Scully a reason to help out with this. Not even that, but like the way Jillian Anderson is portraying it, like the entire episode, I just feel like I am not convinced. Like, well, I mean, she just also, you know, post William, like, uh, yeah, she should she should go rest, you know. Well, I just think that the actress also is like, this is like, we're done, we're done. She's checked out <laughs> at that point. So Doggett is like, all right, you said break into a house, you didn't. Oh well, I'll still break into the house mm-hmm. anyway. And so Oliver, you know, threatens him and suddenly Doggett is doing like a Fred Astaire, like floating on the ceiling, dancing around. Yeah. And he's about to go through the roof, the roof, the roof. Luckily, he winds up in the attic yeah. uh, because basically Reitz finds him just in time yeah. to bring Doggett back down, mm-hmm, which is good. <laughs> yeah. And so. Oliver, they they talk a little bit right about like mm-hmm. what his powers entail. He takes yeah, Reyes the- and Scully are basically like huge Brady Bunch fans. BT Dubs, everyone's a huge Brady Bunch fan. I mean, how could you not? Be? Um, but they're like they're in they're on board. They're like this is amazing. Like this could you know impact the world in such a positive way. Right. I know that uh, Anthony takes them to like the Windows XP background field for them to hang out in for a hot second. Yeah, which was another like apparently super challenging um video effect because it was done in what they call chroma keying yeah where you have to essentially take out like every pixel from the room and replace it with a field yes and they said that it was like it it was basically layering things on top of each other and then adjusting like bits of scully's hair and just like really labor intensive they they spared no expense it was the penultimate episode they couldn't and it wasn't a really good effect (laughs) yeah i mean but it was tough in, in you know, 22 years later or, yeah, or whatever this is. Yeah, to look is. at that and say, oh, that looks terrible. But like you said, essentially, they, they're they trying to convince him to come with them to Washington. Not only to be like, oh, we'll help you control your powers, but also like, hell, this is actual proof of, you know, yeah. paranormal powers. And yeah, so they take him to Skinner. <laughs> and Skinner's like, this is nonsense. Yeah, there's this really goofy-ass scene where it's yeah. like, cut to everyone. Like, Brady Bunch sort of doofy music is playing as everyone's kind of gawking at what's happening. And it turns out that Anthony has lifted Skinner off the ground. Yeah, he's just sort of floating in midair like a genie. Um, Because <laughs> he had his arms crossed, too. We, so it was like, what's happening? Speaking of another sitcom. Uh, yeah, so... Skinner's like, oh, we've got to tell everybody. But suddenly Anthony starts seizing on the floor. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you like figured it out right away at this point, but it was pretty clear that like, okay, he doesn't want to use his powers for a reason. 
you know, it's like it's killing him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's this idea of the more he uses it, the more it eats away at him. It's almost like radioactive from that perspective. Well, because it's a neurological thing, I think, you yeah. know. So it's, it's using, you know, a lot of that that brain power mm-hmm. and, and sapping away at him. There's a really sweet moment, honestly, where like, you know, he imagines the Brady Bunch around him. And I thought for a second, like, that would be the last time that we see him in the episode and that he no. dies that way. Yeah, luckily not. Um, but they basically realize that the, you know, we can like yada yada through this, but basically yeah. Dr. Reitz is, was a surrogate dad to him. Mm-hmm. And when he left him, he started using his powers again to imagine the Brady Bunch because that's what they used to watch together on the television. And they realize he he is lonely. He doesn't want to be alone. And so he's going to continue to use the powers and kill himself. And he even says that. He's like, I'm not, I, like, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. And so the doctor, Dr. Reitz is like, you're not alone anymore. Like, I'm going to be with you and like, we're going to be okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, really sweet. It's an understandably happy ending for an episode based around the Brady Bunch. Yeah. And so they walk off into the sunset. He's not going to use his powers anymore and they're going to live forever. And Scully has this commentary, <laughs> right? Where she basically gives like a little wrap up to the monster yeah. of the weeks by being like, you know, I learned a lot over these past nine years mm-hmm. of tomfoolery on you know, a weekly basis. We might not have had proof of something, in, you know, ridiculous or paranormal or amazing, but, you know, I think we learned more important things. Like love. Along the way. And I guess speaking of it, though maybe not, it ends with Reyes grabbing Doggett's hand and saying that she's fine. he's finally getting the hang of the job. Yeah. No, I think that that's meant to be like like signifying that they would have something mm, interesting uh, their own little greg and marcia moment you <laughs> only again only in a very brady sequel uh-huh. all right so that does it for the final regular episode of the x-files sunshine days when we come back we are going to cover the truth and we have a good amount to say about it we'll be right back With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. All right. Here we are. The time has arrived and Mulder is finally back. He's not He's back. A, he's, he's not like, a body right double back. running away from a train. <laughs> he's not existing in Scully's eye for that one scene. No. no, he's here in the flesh. Yeah, so we arrive at the Mount Weather Emergency Operations Center, which is a real place, right? It you is a real up. place. Interesting. It is a real place and I actually wonder, so I didn't look into this and I probably should have. Um, but I do you wonder if this is the same Mount Weather that is used in the hundred, which is like you know, basically, I think it might be because it's there. It's part of a contingency plan for relocation of like government officials in the mm-hmm. event of nuclear war or which major disaster. Which makes is, sense given you know what Mulder is doing right now. Yeah, and so in the in the hundred, the television show, it, it's like basically that's like one of the places they're able to find, um, you know, to find like they can stay there so i wonder if it's the same yeah it does it is the same oh interesting yeah, yeah. so here Mulder is making his own little it has been impact. actually has been the setting for several apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic fictional works the x-files day the earth should still the hundred z nation so look z- at that z nation i guess that's i'm assuming that's something zombie like you know couldn't tell you 
<laughs> well, let's get into Mount Mount Weather. Mount Weather. Mount Weather. Okay, so we're not gonna spend a lot of time here. That's why I sort of <laughs> forgot the name. Because Mulder's essentially gonna do his little spy mission where like he's yeah. gonna sneak around for a bit. He's gonna get to this big bulky computer that yeah, talks about like, like war games. <laughs> the day has been set for, you know, the rest of it has been obscured. And in comes Noel Roar mm-hmm. in his military browns, as in like he, you know, obviously was able to escape everything from the ship and is now blended back in. Yeah, exactly. And he's gonna um basically like they're gonna go on a little bit of like a I don't know, like a hunt or whatever. Well, yeah. First of all, Noel's going to like body Mulder, but then Mulder gets saved by by Crycheck. And this is one of the many mm-hmm. weird things about this episode. Mulder sees dead people. Yeah, and I don't know if he sees dead people. I think it's more that he's imagining dead people. Is that worse? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I think it's better. I think it's better because I think adding the layer that he's seeing dead people is dumb. Yeah, I mean, well, definitely. Because we already had the storyline, right, where he, like, gained his own psychic powers. Yeah, so he doesn't have that anymore. So, like, it would be weird to have him do that here. So, But I also don't love this trope of... It's the last episode of a series. Let's have every single person that's ever been on the show come back in some weird way. Though it is interesting to me that they don't have several other dead characters pop up like his parents. That's what I'm saying. Like it just doesn't like to ha- he to have him think of like the deep throats and the X and yeah. the, you know all of the, those, the lone gunmen. The lone gunmen. Like I just feel like it's all very a little little you know schlocky. Well, Mulder and Noel Roar do not see eye to eye, so Mulder dumps him on some power lines. <laughs> yes. Um, so he, yeah, he flicks, flips him off a catwalk, um, and, and he it, apparently dies by electrocution. Yeah, and so uh, now all eyes are on Mulder for like, hey, dude, you just killed an army officer. Right, because he's caught. He's, he's not able to escape. And, and, and everyone is looking yeah. at him doing it. And he, you know, he basically is arrested and he will be in this orange jumpsuit for a long time. (laughs) Right. And so now we're going to get, and first off, we should say that the credits are now, it's mostly the new ones, but they do throw Mulder's picture. They throw Mulder's picture in. Because he does play a large role in these two episodes. Yeah. So this is, um, you know, classic truth is out there as well, which is nice. Yeah. So like you said, a good majority of this first little part of the episode is like Mulder's and oranges, mm-hmm. you know, Skinner and, and Scully are very happy to see him, but he's like refusing to essentially fess up and say anything. Yeah. And I, it's kind of a, so yeah, basically everyone finds out about it. And so Mulder and Scully are like, oh dang, Mulder's are, or not Mulder and Scully, Skinner and Scully are like, okay, we got to go get him. And he's in military custody. Right. So we and should keep note of that because I think it will be important as we get to the trial. <laughs> and they believe that he has been conditioned or you know maybe even lobotomized well, a well bit. we do see that at the beginning of the episode too with Mulder they're basically torturing him and yeah conditioning him to basically believe he's the one that murdered right but when they first see him he's like oh yes I'm killed right him. so they think it's we're supposed to think it was successful but he's playing it up yes. like we'll see it later on that he's fine he was just acting that way for the guards but yeah. Uh, yeah, Scully is, there's a really nice moment here when Jillian Anderson's able to see him again. Because remember, you know, she hasn't seen him since that day, the butt doubled, since the day he left. Yeah, so they kiss and it's delightful. And Skinner just stands there. Yeah, that's awkward. He, don't leave the room, dude. Pretend you have a phone call or something. Yeah, really. Um, but they try to get him released and it's not happening. Um, and so he's basically told that he has to be part of a military tribunal. Um, 
and Kirsch is going to be there and he's going to be in charge of it. Yeah. And Kirsch does again, because at this moment, this is sort of like pseudo good guy Kirsch, right? Like he does. He's just doing his job here. He, he does. Well, he does, though, like try to do a solid for the group. He ends up meeting with one of these military guys. Yeah. Right. And is like, can Scully, we do anything about yeah, this? He basically told me to tell you to go easy on him in the trial. And the guy's like, A, no. Uh, B, if you're on the tribunal, if you disagree at all, like we're going to leak a bunch of shit that we yeah. have on you. Yeah, so it's all just a real big cover-up, which is pretty pretty shitty. Yeah, so this entire time, Scully is obviously incredibly worried because the love of her life just came back into her life and now mm-hmm. has a chance of, you know, being executed. And Mulder's like, I've got it. Yeah, it's he's fine. way too chill about Don't it. Don't worry. The annoying part about this also is that I think that this whole trial is just so weird because it's, first of all, yes, maybe he, has he murdered somebody? Perhaps. But Scully and Skinner and Mulder know that he hasn't murdered anyone because it's impossible to murder Noel Roar. Right. And so they're kind of resting on that, but they're not trying to prove it. I mean, they are in a way. But but it's because Mulder is also just like, no, like he's actively pushing against any attempts they try to make to prove his innocence as well. Well, and it's like instead of proving his innocence for this one thing, they decide they're going to prove the X-Files. And it's like, that's dumb. (laughs) Just go find Noel Roar. You don't need to save Mulder by essentially proving like the accuracy of your entire show. Why aren't we looking for like footage or, you know, imagery about where Noel Roar is like why aren't we trying to identify that this guy's still alive it's like so stupid but anyway um you know they are going to have a trial now (laughs) and Skinner's gonna be Mulder's defense attorney let's talk about this because I am I am flummoxed to be completely (laughs) honest like it is Seinfeld had already aired Uh its finale in which people had absolutely I think people have come around it but they absolutely trashed the finale at the time of like, this is just basically a clip show. Yeah. And they did yeah. the exact same thing down to the trial mm-hmm. of repeating the same beats. And in, in my opinion, it works even less because with Seinfeld, at least you can make the argument of like, if they're trying to be funny a little and bit. Also too. Like, oh, these people always deserve this. So they finally get what's coming to them. Yeah. With Mulder, like, and the X-Files like that, there's no shot in Freida. No, there. no, there's not. And I think also from my perspective, it's like, we're hoping for some larger resolution solution from this finale not a guilty not guilty verdict you know it's like so say for example Mulder is found not guilty great there's still more we want to know like this is not important yeah like the x-files isn't on trial because all Mulder was being tried for was like killing Um, that's what I'm saying why are we trying to yeah like why are we trying to prove the x-files when all we need to prove is that he didn't kill somebody this is done so oddly too where like with each person, we get a recap yes. of a little bit different part of the series, whether yeah. it be like, you know, I think Scully's the first one to take the stand and she starts mm-hmm. talking about the virus and then yeah. the alien takeover. And then we'll have Jeffrey. Yeah, she Spender. gives a big recap. Like, yeah. And then Jeff, but then Jeffrey Spender will come yeah. on and talk about like the cigarette smoking man yes. and the Mulder family. Yes. So I guess that's interesting that they're breaking it up, that it's not just one person, but man, it's, it was one of these things where I'm like, are, are we, we're doing this? We're yeah. recapping the entire series through a series of witnesses. Yeah, and so and then there's also the stuff where Scully basically they have a body, and Scully does a um, an exam, an autopsy, and she finds that it's not Noel Rohr, um, but they reject the evidence because it, they never authorized an autopsy. Like real, like 
stupid bureaucratic stuff. Let me also mention here as well that this, in general, this prosecutor is like, obviously I know it's a bit of a kangaroo court situation. (laughs) He's also not very good at staying impartial. No. He's on the stand. He's like, but is it true that you were lovers? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like oh you can't God, ask that. Dude. <laughs> like, you can't ask that unless it has something to directly to do with it. Like, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you can't just randomly bring in a piece of drama to yeah. be like, aha, I'm going to see, I saw you flinched. Yeah, so, um, yada, 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 Mulder sentenced to death. Yeah, we should also <laughs> mention here that, uh, you know, that we see a couple of cutaways, like we go to New Mexico yeah. where Mulder said he was hanging out. Oh, yeah, yeah, we get some cutaways to what he was doing while he was... Um, not not particularly. We more so see where like he was. a Native American, you know, kid go to Gibson Praise and be like, "Mulder's in trouble. We yeah, gotta so go say him." The now. assumption is, and he did tell Scully he was in New Mexico, so you know, the assumption is he was maybe hanging out with those guys. So this is where I'm confused with the whole dead versus seeing dead people thing because X ends up visiting Mulder, right, and he gives him Marita Covarrubias's address. So, like, yeah. did he have that in the back of his head and Maybe. he just didn't remember it? I'm not going like to comment. like a Tyler Durden situation? I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> it's very strange. I will say uh, Marita got a nice glow up considering the last time we saw her, she was like... Yeah, that's another thing. Marita Covarubia is coming back here. Super unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does. It, but it's the big... And confusing. End, it's the big ending of the first parter, right? Like, yeah. she talks about... Her part of the recap mm-hmm. is about the syndicate and the vaccine and, like, her own involvement with it. But then... Yeah. Uh, you know, basically Crychick appears and is like, you know, if you keep going down this rabbit hole, they'll kill Marita. And so Mulder is the one to stop his own witness, essentially, yes. and be like, nope, sorry, go leave. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a like a sign that these are ghosts, not visions. But either way, it's stupid. <laughs> so Gibson Praise is going to arrive yeah. in Washington and is yes. going to, you know, meet everybody. And he's going to get brought in as sort of like the surprise witness yes so something i didn't realize maybe in part one or maybe they just pop him in here toothpick man alan dale was he there beforehand or did he only sit in for like this one time for gibson price i didn't notice he's not a human i didn't notice but he was there it's a big thing right yeah he's like uh, oh i can identify you know i can read everyone's minds including the fact that i can't read his because he's not human yes Yes, exactly and this is and this is when Mulder finally decides to like give a shit yeah and it's like okay where whatever (laughs) yeah it's like you're afraid of what i am you know i can't believe there's one of them sitting right here yeah you're afraid of the truth (laughs) yeah and so gibson's gonna tell Mulder, like hey you know bit of good news like why did you go crazy three of them were ruling in your favor and but Mulder's just like this is pretty consistent Mulder though yeah I wasn't supposed to win Mm -hmm. you know basically he's saying there's a bigger truth that he's trying to protect even if he dies on behalf of it yeah um and that's dumb yeah (laughs) I think he'd learn his lesson by now but nope Doggett and Reyes take the stand. Mm-hmm. Doggett essentially gets trapped where he talks about yes, like, yeah. yes, I was a skeptic about uh, the super soldiers and the prosecutor is like, okay, but you don't believe in aliens. Yeah. So, and Mulder's theory is that the aliens are super soldiers, which is incorrect technically. Yes. Uh, and then Reyes has to talk about the whole Williams situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like the, the Reyes stuff comes across a little bit better because it's about a baby. But... Yeah, and it's a little more emotional. And she has this plea at the end, right, where she goes, yeah. what's the point of this? To seek the truth or destroy the truth so no man can speak it. Either way, you lose. Yeah, uh, so very she, poetic. She essentially like yells at the tribunal being like, <laughs> what are you trying to accomplish here? Which Guys. is like the right attitude but like also play the game a little bit and this is what like Mulder fucks up too by like getting like going off the rails but he does that all the time 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like you said before, this is when Scully comes in with what she believes is a smoking gun of this is not Noel Rohr's body, but Kirsch is like, mm-hmm. ah, 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 you didn't sanction this as evidence. Yes. So even though we had all these surprise witnesses come in, this will not fly. Yeah, and he's basically like, and by the way, um, you're sentenced to death. The yep. end. <laughs> Guilty, understandably so. And this is when Mulder decides to give a big speech about how, you yes. know, that uh, e- evil is not from the devil. Evil is the true collaboration of man. And his only crime was showing that one lie cannot live forever. Mm-hmm. Much as you can try. The truth is out there. Drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel like they, they did a lot to get to that point. And I don't hate the way his speech went. And I, I it actually does, you know, make my make me have little goosebumpies. Yeah, and it, it's a nice speech. I just wish it wasn't at the tail end of, like, him just sitting catatonic for yeah, you know, and like half us an episode. Yeah, like us having a recap of the series. It just wasn't necessary. Right. But what should be noted is that his speech does have a clear effect on Kirsch, yes. who will sort of play the role of Skinner in the past and end up being like the surprise help at the end of the day. Yeah. And so that kind of leads us into this next bit where everyone's going to help Mulder escape and yeah. run away. He's, <laughs> he's sentenced to death by lethal injection, which I guess is the is best. It's I guess not I'd, good. I'd rather have that than execution and then uh, elect- electrocution. Personally. I, I don't, yeah, it, I guess or, it's, I don't think they do that in the state of Washington. Certainly better so. than guillotine. Yes, this is not uh, Marie Antoinette. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could be. Very archaic, but basically a whole group of people are going to break, just get go into this yeah, military Yeah, it's like Doggett, prison. Skinner, Reyes, Scully, and then also Kirsch. But this is also, again, a military <laughs> yeah. prison, and they were able they to- They need just, to up their security. They were essentially able to walk into Guantanamo Bay and uh-huh. break this guy out single-handedly. Yeah, and so basically they're like, you need to leave the country. You're going to have to leave the, the country. You need to go to Canada. So they put Mulder and Scully in and a they car. Said, no, we're not filming there anymore. Yeah. They put Mulder and Scully in a car and they start driving away and they pan onto Gibson Praise's face and he kind of makes like a huh? And then we and we kind of get back to Scully and Mulder and we find out they're not going to Canada. They're Mulder. going They're going to New Mexico. Yeah, they are going south. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of things going south, Dawkins and Reyes come back to their job to find that essentially the X-Files has yeah. been packed up. He's gone, baby. Yep. And so they are met by the toothpick man who basically, uh, you know, they figure out that, I guess, as sort of recompense for them sort of raging against the machine. The X-Files is gone now and Gibson Praise is able to figure out that, you know, they were able to discern where Mulder and Scully have gone off to. Yeah. So they know they're in danger. So Mulder is uh, taking a leak and he spies the lone gunman. And <laughs> yeah, like, so I guess this was the most ghost one to me because definitely. they're they're like, um, you know, they're like trying to tell him to like stop, like you need to go home, like it's not worth it. It's like the truth isn't as important as your life and all that sort of stuff. But Mulder is wants to. So Mulder says here he wants to change the truth, which I find interesting. And look, here's the also big thing at the end of the day. The, the eponymous truth is nothing. Yeah. Which is yeah. probably the most frustrating thing of all is when you call something the truth and you keep referring to the truth. Yeah. This idea of what Mulder is protecting, the fact that he doesn't refer ever to what it specifically is, is incredibly frustrating. Well, yeah, because I think the entirety of the X-Files, and we kind of talked about this when we first started watching, I was just like, it's it's unclear what's real and what's not real. And it's like, there are some things through this rewatch that I... I 
as an older person now, I'm able to say, okay, that was their yeah. intention. There, there are some absolute truths, like things with the syndicate. And yeah. Like and like that Samantha. was the intention. And it's like, but it is so confusing that you can imagine somebody watching this through back in the day without the ability to rewatch would mm-hmm. say, wait, are aliens real or are they not real? Yeah, maybe, maybe they do need a recap. Yeah. Of the entire season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, but that recap didn't tell us what the truth was. So, yeah. and I think the truth is that like, what's the question he asked at the beginning of the series? You know, are aliens real? The truth is, yes, they are. And and think that that is the truth, but it's become so convoluted that it's like that can't be clear yeah, anymore. It's, it's so complicated. And I guess it has to deal with, we'll get into this later, of like the 2012 prophecy, but like... Yeah, but that's kind of like thrown in at the yeah, last that second. that feels so tacked on that it doesn't feel like the big reveal of the truth to me right if the truth is oh we need to save humanity because they're coming and essentially a little we already talked about them coming yeah exactly and they already did come and then we staved them off and then like now they're coming back and they're also still here yeah exactly (laughs) like still hanging out yeah so i think saying that is is tough well let's go to new mexico as we're hanging out shall we some pueblos yeah so they are going to go to some um anasazi ruins right Um, where they are going to run into the mysterious keeper of the truth who essentially a wise man the wise man who had apparently told Mulder to go to mount weather to begin with yeah and And who has been communicating with Mulder in like a in a sneaky way so he doesn't actually know who he is and of course when you hear that you probably have a good sense as to who it may be and indeed it is confirmed to be the cigarette smoking man in a terrible wig real bad holy crap real bad ratty af well what's funny about this is i was when we were watching the episode um with jeffrey spender in it and you were talking about the cigarette smoking man i was like oh the best is yet to come because you were like and he's dead and i'm like no nope nope of course you cannot kill this man yeah Uh, he has now receded and become almost like a shaman yeah complete with the hair he's smoking out of a hole in his (laughs) neck so i guess he eventually recovered from you know what he had after he got thrown down the stairs uh, yeah, so he's he's alive and I guess well, but yeah, he basically is um, hiding out because he wants to survive colonization, which is going to happen on December 22nd, 2012. I mean, it's going to be a long time from now, so like, he better have enough provisions for an entire decade. Yeah, but... I mean, he plans on just living in the desert. I suppose so, but yeah, this is, he basically like prods Mulder here, right? Being yeah. like, uh, I want to keep you safe for this moment, you know, where I can see how afraid you are. So again, it's weird, we're like... <laughs> He's, he's protecting him, him, but at the same but... time, he also taunts him. I mean, he's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's nuts. I mean, this, yeah, this is the guy who assassinated MLK and, and his own son. And JFK as well. And, well, then, but he didn't kill his own son for some reason. Like, but he, he intended to. He intended to. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's just losing his touch in his Maybe. old age. Uh, so, meanwhile, you know, the cigarette smoking man reveals that the reason why he's hiding out here is because they are surrounded by magnetite. Yes. Which is like. The thing we saw this happen with Terry O'Quinn's character that yes. can apparently take down the super soldiers. Yeah, exactly. And so he, you know, that's why he's there. And Reyes and Doggett are, are going to, they're going to come now. To yeah, there's going to be like a big helicopter a big versus fight. car chase. Yeah, <laughs> which is so stupid. I mean, I guess you have to end it on like a big, like if you're, if you're ending that... the show, like do let's, let's waste our, our budget, I, I guess. guess. But for me, this is not the X-Files. This to me feels more something like they would do in the X-Files movie rather this than This is not my show. X-Files. Not, hashtag is... not my X-Files. Not my X-Files. Yeah, so we do see something here that's interesting where 
no Aurora is going to show up because, again, now the, the yeah. super soldiers know about it. Doggett just shoots him. He's like, I don't care. I may die here because I feel like he's he won't yeah, die. He's... Just completely by luck being able to be in an area where because of yeah. the magnetite, no Roar does indeed die. Yeah, no Roar dies, and that's great because we were done with him anyway. He also, but like speaking of Looney Tunes, he like f- flies into the wall. Yeah, and so they're going to switch cars for some reason, I guess, to like throw them off the scent. Um, and so Mulder and Scully go in their, the other car and Doggett and Reyes drive off. And then we see a bunch of black helicopters coming in and they oh, destroy the entire cliff. My God, this was so, I, I just, I keep hanging <laughs> back on this episode, but the cigarette smoking man's true final death is horrible. Yes. <laughs> it is every chintzy thing you could yeah. think of early 2000s cgi yeah. uh-huh. where they t- uh-huh. where the, from the point of view of this missile that's fired yeah it zags its way through uh-huh. and we see it like uh you know we see him throw away his cigarette yeah and we see the flames his skin blows apart to reveal his skeleton yeah underneath. it's not good and they i feel had- like i think what they were going for here was yes all of that sort of like high level stuff but also like let's make it crystal fucking clear like this guy is d-e-d dead you know, like, yeah, but like you didn't have to. You know what? This feels more to me. This more so feels to me like the climax of Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somebody walking through the smoke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like in Mission Impossible 2 when they when they drove the two motorcycles into each other. Like that's what it feels like. To your point, not exactly the X-Files, but I guess yeah. if they had money in the budget, you know. It is weird, though. I guess it qualifies as weird. Spare no expense. Um, But Mulder calls this out. I do like the symmetry of them, you know, finishing with just Mulder and Scully in the hotel room, yeah. no fringe. Like yeah. all the other characters are are gone. It's just the two of them hanging out like they did back in Oregon. Yeah, and, just like getting ready for bed, getting yeah. ready to talk. And Mulder, you know, espouses some really interesting things. He says, "I've been chasing after monsters with a butterfly net," just sort mm-hmm. of like realizing that these thing was even bigger than he could ever imagine it. But yeah, and then is- he has this whole speech about the dead and how they're not lost to us. And I think that that's like kind of what the arc of the episode was for him was yeah. this idea of. You know, that they his whole quote is that the dead are not lost to us, that they speak to us as part of part something, something greater, greater than, than us, greater than any alien force. And I feel like that's like his whole thing is I'm over it kind of. Yeah. Well, the essential like the final words are maybe there's hope. And I think yeah. it's this idea for him of despite like the 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 frightening aspects that exist out there. And also there. like they're in a pretty precarious situation. Yeah, like they're they're on the run. They have no power. They're on the run. They are just like he's a convicted murderer. <laughs> like it's not good for them and he says maybe there's hope. And yeah. it's like okay. It's a, it's an odd like I like the message, but it's an odd message to be I like the way the message I will say I like the way the message is delivered. But the message itself is a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, but it's an interesting idea coming from Mulder, right? Who yes. believed in like the big spooky aliens. For him to come around and be like, "But I think humanity can prevail at yeah. the end of the day because of the memories that we hold and the ability yeah. for." As Scully talks about when the lone gunman died too, right? Yeah. This idea of somebody doesn't truly die because their their legacy lives on in a yeah. way. I, I think that Mulder is really espousing that, and I also like when you know uh, Mulder kind of like fondles uh scully's cross and talks and she talks about how they believe the same thing like it's a really fun connector yeah. to the whole faith versus science stuff that we talked about or yeah. like how they've all kind of found the same page at the end of the also, day i do love them just you know sort of cuddling 
Yeah, there's a really, it's really cute where like he gets into bed with her and the music, I really love yeah, the music. Yeah, the music is like amazing. Soaring, you know, orchestral combining with yeah. notes of the theme song. Yeah. So and, again, and so it ends on like that really moving note. Yeah. But nothing happened. And that's the thing is like <laughs> this final scene is almost a distillation of what I would have liked to see from the finale yeah. in general. Just yeah. like they felt like they had to close up all these big things that they had opened, but like almost if they had focused in a bit more on, on these character yeah. interactions that we liked at the end of the day, rather than having to rehash so many things, I think it would have been ultimately more successful. And it's, it's a little incongruous that we end on this note. And I'm like, th- that was nice. But like, wait, what were the other, you know, one hour, 42 minutes of the that's, show? That's right. It's like, we don't need to sum up anything when you have instances like this that are like breathtaking and amazing and like really, moving and it's like why can't we just explore that yeah because those feel earned right yeah i loved bringing Mulder back and despite the teases that existed throughout season nine it was really nice to see david duchovny and jillian anderson back together it was nice to see david yeah as as weird as the seeing dead thing was it was nice to see him interact with all these different characters it just didn't have to be about this trial and it didn't have to be about this uh, 2012 thing you know like there was already a mystery out there (laughs) like let me ask at the time was this a well-received finale? Um, I, I don't think so from the research I've been doing. Um, but it did become the most watched episode of the ninth season. Um, it did have the highest seasons, Nielsen ratings right. and well, that's, you know, I mean, measurements that just happens and all that. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure the lost season six finale, which many decry is not a good episode, also had the highest ratings. Yes. And it um, when it aired, it was ranked third in its time slot behind the season finale of Survivor Marquesas. Oh. And a heavily promoted reunion of The Cosby Show. Oh, <laughs> just to talk about other sitcoms. Yeah. So people watch The Purple Rock instead of The X-Files, yeah, which but, dealt with its own yeah. rocks. But critics basically were, you know, they felt the same way we felt. You know, instead of a conclusion, the episode raised new questions. And so, you know, basically, you know, there were a lot of things that were good about it, but... It was disappointing to see a show that went to such amazing places and with a re- uh, like a clip show, yeah, basically. Exactly. A re- like we don't need a summary. Right. Because there's like the Game of Thrones direction of disappointing finale, right? Where it's like making all these wackadoo mm-hmm. WTF choices. And then there's the X-Files Seinfeld version of the finale, yeah. which is more so like not lazy, but definitely taking things in like, an unanticipated yeah. direction of essentially rehashing a lot of things rather than like bringing things to a big climactic or even a small conclusion. And uh, a writer for the New York Times after the premiere of The Truth said of the show, the most imaginative show on television has finally reached the limits of imagination. Wow. That's tough. (laughs) thing. And so I would imagine that's probably a reason why Vince Gilligan probably felt a bit unfulfilled that decades later he wanted to bring it back. Yeah, because I think that he had even said like that his last right right for the show was the um, Sunshine Days episode, and he was just like, "I know I say Vince Gilligan, Chris Carter." Oh yeah, yeah, because Vince Gilligan was one of the writers too. But Chris Carter was like, "Yeah, um, it, it didn't it didn't hit the needle quite as closely as they would have liked." So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that people were kind of ready for it anyway, mm-hmm. um, but that it didn't satisfy what they were looking for. Which is tough because I would say by and large with the ninth season, like it was obviously a much more mixed bag than I would say even the eighth season. Yeah. Um, because again, there was this sort of hanging specter of Mulder and at least David Duchovny was in half the episodes yeah. in season eight. 
but there were still some enjoyable parts in it. You know, I was. That's int- what I'm saying. I don't think that the majority of the fan base was as up in arms as some of the critics were. You know, I think that especially the the Mulder Scully shippers were probably right, pretty were happy, happy that back. and I'm, that there wasn't much like questioning of that, which I, I appreciate. But at the same time, I would say that this was probably one of the worst episodes we have watched in yes. general of the series, <laughs> and to have it be the finale is not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's Which not. Which is sad because yeah, I don't. I do not think it represents the series. It well. doesn't. It's just not the right tone. It's not the you know. It's none of those things that we think about. You know, being super representative of the the vibe. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's a good call. The vibe. The vibe felt off in in many ways, and so it, yeah. it sucks to sort of like end the series on that. I mean, to sort of talk about what we're doing next. Here's the thing. Mike's over it, guys. He's Not, done. He's out. He hates it. I don't hate it. We've just been doing this for a very, very long I time. I can do it forever, baby. Uh, well, that is incredibly true. <laughs> uh, so that being said, I think next week we're going to go ahead with a plan that we've spoken about a bit. Uh, essentially, I'm going to get like the TLDR yes. on the X-Files. Not only the second movie, but also bits of seasons 10 and 11. Angela's going to just basically come in. Tell me some stuff that happens, and I'm going to wildly react to what I'm assuming is going to be just a lot of. It's a lot of intel because I mean there is ten and eleven, and they're they're not long seasons, so you, it's not like a ton of. Um, it's not like twenty four season ep- episode mm-hmm. season, so it's not so much that I'll be talking to you about, but I think it'll be fun. So I'll have like bits and pieces to share with you yeah, because be there a- are things that they do wrap up, which is nice. It'll be a good time. And look, I, I do apologize to those of you out there that, that are angry that we're not coming back. I feel like this would be like a nice place to conclude it. I think it, this will be a fun exercise as well to just have me naturally react to it rather than having this podcast run for another four to five weeks. Well, and I think also my hope is that by telling you some of the stuff that perhaps you will be inspired one day to watch it. Yes. Uh, and I'm fine watching it, just not necessarily talking about it on microphone. I never thought. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I just like openly, I was struck dumb for, I know struck dumb. I was struck dumb. Yeah. People might, people might not know. So, uh, I very rarely, but sometimes I do indeed watch shows and not podcasts about them. I have been making you watch Bridgerton. He's finally done it, folks. I enjoy it. I like it. It's a great Dramatic show. AF, but I enjoy it. It's a, it's a natural segue. Can we from watch the it now? Um, it's a little late. We'll I see. don't think so. I think it's great. <laughs> do you have any other things you want to say about these last couple of, Oh, should we, we got a spook one final time, right? I guess we should. Um, I well, mean, first off, I got to go with Michael Emerson. Yeah, he's, he's one of the and spookiest also, actors out there. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just his general je have ne sais you, quoi. Have you watched that show, Evil, that he's on? I watched like one episode, and then it was one of the ones that wasn't bingeable for me. Like, it, yeah. it was airing weekly, and then I never went back to it. Well, something you could do in like one day, one of these days when you're like, I don't have it. Because I, I hear it's like creepy. But, but when I don't like have anything to up. watch, I go back and watch Bridgerton. <laughs> that's very true. You're on your like, third or fourth watch <laughs> of it. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for March 25th when it comes out. Yeah, that, and I think you're on your third watch of Umbrella Academy right no, now. No, no, that's my. This is only my second watch. Oh, of Umbrella oh you watched for the first time last year. I did, I did. But that thing, that's that may be coming soon as well. It is. That's you're, why I kind of got you're on catching board. up on your Netflix show. So yeah, yeah, definitely Michael Emerson. Do we have anyone for the truth? Um, maybe uh, cigarette smoking man. Yeah, I think it's got to be him and Just, his skull, his his, his little his skull gaping... and his and his wiry hair. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Cannot love poor that poor man having to wear. I have that some one. stuff to share about him for season ten and eleven too. That are gonna it's gonna blow your mind, baby. Wait, is he? St- but he was a skeleton. No, no, he's not alive. Okay, I was like, no, he can't. He's, he's just gonna not be like no, a no, skeleton no, no. man walking he's around. Also, I don't think the actor would have been capable. Yes, uh, <laughs> this was the night, the season that the skeletons came to life. Yes. All right, so. Yeah, that's going to do it for like our regular coverage proper of the X-Files. Uh, if you don't want to tune in next in, next week, totally understandable, but I think it'll be a fun exercise for all of us to learn basically what happens with the rest of the X-Files after the original season finished, series finished. I really had a fun time here. I know it was a, a long process, but I think it was worth the endeavor from my perspective. I know there were certainly times that, you know, I, I was not having fun, but like overall, I think it was... It was... <laughs> we'll remember. Vitamin C, play me off. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, cool. We went to the instrumental version. Do, 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 do. The acapella group is singing <laughs> me off here. I know. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, I'm glad that I ended up watching the show because I do think that it was like such a great, a groundbreaking series in yeah. so many ways. Next, I, Twin Peaks. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think we could watch that without podcasting about it for sure. It's, yeah. But it is a longer, sort of more complex. Right. This wouldn't be a, hey, watch two episodes on a lark. This is very much like a, you need to watch it. Yeah, you have to pay attention because it's very confusing. <laughs> but I, I really like David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Like, I think they both, especially Gillian Anderson, did like, really gives you more appreciation too for her and her modern day acting stuff that you see her into you know like her like where she kind of got her start so to speak i mean in the television world but i mean she's a powerhouse Uh, but i just i mean i really appreciated in particular like again it was more my speed but really those monster of the week like the clyde bruckman-esque episodes maybe it's just because i'm into the more comedic fair but i just always really appreciated when they were able to to thread that needle of like creating something truly wacky and darkly funny out of some yeah. very morose and sort of- i i am partial to those but i'm also really partial to the ones that have this like wacky sort of um comical side to them but then are also so full of heart yeah like of course post postmodern prometheus yeah right? like the it's final just like oh it. it's so amazing and like just like the way that scully and Mulder stare at each other at the end of that episode is like the encapsulates the x-files for me i forget if we talked about this the the christmas gift that i got you the i think one that we I'm- mentioned it but yeah. it's on the wall behind us mike got me a vintage style poster of like a movie poster of postmodern Prometheus. Yeah, so I should mention I'm gonna take a sh- picture of it and post it on your Twitter. Yeah, I'll shout it out to this guy because he's absolutely fantastic. His name is JJ Lindell. He is someone who I know from um, a Star Trek podcast that I listen to, like does vintage posters for those, but he's also a big X Files fan. And he does a lot of vintage posters for the X Files. I reached out to him and it was sort of like ad hoc, you know, my wife's favorite episode is Postmodern Prometheus. I know you have a poster of it, but it's not available. And he was able to uh, request a special copy be printed. So thank you to, to JJ Lendl. I And now we have it framed and on display in our office. And it's the best. I freaking love it. It's really well made. Share too. in the moonlight. Ugh. I love it. I love it so much. So yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you all so much for listening again special thanks to you know people like spencer to craig to brendan fitzpatrick like people that have been emily reed people have been like actually following along with us our numbers much like it's been a journey yeah much like the x-files proper like the numbers were small but mighty of vocal supporters i have no idea how many people stuck along through the entire like year plus that we have (laughs) been doing this but it's an experiment that i i think proved successful ultimately yeah and i mean the whole point was let's make mike bloom watch the x-files so done did it accomplished and we have one more one more thing to check off essentially angela filling me in on 
what else comes from the X-Files, uh, starting with the I Want to Believe movie, which I think came out, like, soon after this, right? Yeah. So, oh, actually, no, I don't, I believe it came out, well, like, 2008. Yeah, it was one of those things that, like, the X-Files ended, and then there was, like, a nice surprise, because this ended in, what, 2003, 2002? 2002, yeah. And so, I, it was my, what was it, our it was, it was freshman, our freshman year, year of college, college yeah. and I remember it coming out and, like, trying to get people to go to see it with me, and nobody wanted to go. Well, maybe if I had time traveled back to our freshman year, I would have gone to see it with you. And that could have been when our love kindled rather than three years later. I think that no, that wouldn't <laughs> have happened. <laughs> All right. Well, our time travel fantasies are denied, uh, but will not be denied is our coverage of the X-Files next week. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, next week, we're covering everything else that comes after with The X-Files in a bit of a short, truncated format. Until then, case closed. (laughs) 